Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. We're actually a little over halfway home. This is part four of our six-part series called Just Follow. We have uh, literally small groups going on for the six weeks of this series, and it's just been fantastic. If you were not here last week, you really need to go online, YouTube, nbchurch.tv, the app, whatever you do. Go online. Go watch last week's message. It may be the best message of the series, although I will try to outdo that today. Um, today, though, is different, though. I mean, last week we looked at something completely different, and, and, and let's just talk about the whole series. The series is based on this idea that Jesus takes people who don't know who he is, and he just invites them to follow. He doesn't give them any prerequisites. He doesn't say, look, I'll let you follow me, but first off, you got to get a haircut and cover up your tattoos and clean up and stop cussing and being crazy and stop... He doesn't do that. He says, hey, just follow me. I'll take you just as you are. Just, try, just follow me. And so he allows these guys to investigate. He allows them to ask questions. He allows them to, to kind of watch. And he gives them an invitation. It says, will you just follow me? And so they start making these little steps of trust, these little moments of trust. And they just keep testing and kind of humoring him even until eventually they're like, hey, man, I've seen some crazy. I'm, I'm in. I want to go into this follow Jesus thing. And so they investigate it, but they determine, hey, I'm following this guy. Now, what, what happens is, is that eventually these guys run into so many different experiences that you can tell that when somebody asks you to follow them, normally you ask what question? Like if I say, hey, follow me, you would say, well, where are we, where are we going? And, and what these guys determine is, is that Jesus was trying to take them somewhere. And the answer was not, hey, I'm just trying to get you to heaven. That was not Jesus' message. Jesus' message was actually more along the lines of, if you'll follow me, it's not that you'll get to heaven, although that's true, you'll, you'll bring heaven to earth, and that's more important. You'll bring to heaven to earth right here, right now. But what will happen is, is that you'll follow me long enough that you end up with a faith that overwhelms the fear. And that's the destination. Like, that's the end result. If you watch and you look at enough sermons and stories and experiences, he keeps telling these guys, why are you so afraid? Stop being afraid. Fear not. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. And he was saying, just follow me. And eventually you'll lead a life that's just fearless. You'll lead a life where there's all kinds of crazy circumstances around you, but you just trust God even in the midst of those storms. And so, anyway, what I noticed, though, was is that there's a different question that you will ask if Jesus says, follow me, or if I even said, hey, follow me, you would normally say where we're going. But I also notice there's a follow-up question to that. Because anytime somebody invites you to something and you're not totally clear what the setting is, you always ask them this question, what should I wear? You ever notice that? Somebody asks you to dinner, you got to figure out, okay, is this formal? Like, are we hitting the 7-Eleven and getting some taquitos that spin around all day? Or are we going to five-star fine dining? Because that's a different wardrobe, right? One time, I remember I got invited to go play golf, which you are always allowed to invite me to play golf. I just want to throw that out there. But I got invited to go play golf, and it was, it was nice here in Livermore, like sunny, mid-70s. And I would wear what? I would wear some shorts and a short sleeve golf shirt. But I was dumb and did not know and did not think about asking them, like, where are we going? And therefore, what should I wear? So this guy takes me over to the bay on this golf course that butts right up to the water. Now, how many of y'all know what the bay is like compared to, like, 
nice sunny day in Livermore. I'm in like these little shorts and shirt. I am freezing, chilled to my bone. I end up borrowing his rain gear. It's not raining. I needed anything that I could possibly get my hands on to not freeze to death because, again, you can tell like what you wear kind of determines the, the purpose and the setting and the point. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to go to Vermont in August. What do I ask? Okay, what's the weather like? What do I need to wear? One time I went to church. Now, our church is pretty chill. I went to a church, and it was a Baptist church. Oh, man, what? Man, put a cat back on your haterade. Um, so, so, but the Baptist church don't dress as chill as we do. At least this one doesn't. Now, now a bunch of them do now, but, but this was a very, very formal church. And so I'm with my dad and I'm like, okay, well, what do I wear? I'll just, can I just wear some, like something like this, like a jeans and a dress shirt? And he goes, no, no, nobody wears jeans at our church, Todd. And I'm like, dang, are you, no way. And I'm like, dad, you're tripping somebody's wearing jeans. I said, you know what? I'll bet you 10 bucks. I'm wearing jeans and I will not be the only one there. I was the only one there. And I felt really uncomfortable. I was like, I don't belong here. And I'm a pastor for crying out loud. So, so anyway, but my point is, is that when you follow somebody, you normally want to say, well, where are we going? That's a fair question. But then, because you don't know the details of it, you got to follow up with the question of, well, what should I wear? Now, I'm just going to make an observation here. If you look at a lot of the major religions of the world, they have a wardrobe. Have you noticed that? Now, let's look at some, because I'm just going to get you into the idea of wardrobes. Are you ready? Because what you wear reflects who you follow. Okay, what you wear reflects who you follow. Let's go right here. Everybody's going to know who's this guy a part of? Yeah, he's a part of the Raider Nation. Because if you're not a part of a Raider Nation, you're part of a hater nation. So, so, so we can tell by this outfit... Who he follows. He follows John Gruden now. Chucky. Anyway, so, so that, but I'll, I'll, just for the other side, you know what I mean? For the other side of the room, here we go. Who does this guy follow? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> he said Jimmy. He, he's, a, he's a Niner fan. So we can tell who you follow by how you dress. Can I get a what, what? And just because they played so good last night, can I get another shout out to, yeah. Yeah, Dub Nation. That's who you, you follow, Dub Nation. And, uh, man, they look, they look so good last night. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, okay, that's just to, that's just to warm you up. But, uh, no, on the real, though, have you ever noticed most religions have a wardrobe? You ever think about this? Like, check this out. This, who do these people follow? You don't have to be scared. It's just... It's, uh, yeah. They follow the prophet Muhammad, right? These people... Worship, they are the part of the Islam. That's, that's their deal. We can just tell. She didn't have to tell us. We checked out the wardrobe. There's a, there's a uniform, right? And this is the uniform. Here, here's another one. Let's do, who do these guys follow? Y'all are not sure. Buddha. Yeah, we'll go with Buddha. Did you see the Dalai Lama? Um, yeah, Buddha. That guy's texting right there. Um, so that's why he's looking down. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, next one. Next one is this. You might know... Sikh, yeah, you're right, Sikh. If you don't know what Sikh, Sikhism is a religion, it's, I think, the fourth largest religion in the world. There are a ton of people, especially in, in India, that follow and, and, and worship and are part of the religion of Sikhism. And all these people have a wardrobe, right? Now, what's fascinating is, have you ever thought about this? What's our wardrobe? As, if I'm going to follow Christ, do I get a uniform? Like, what's my uniform? What do I get to 
wear because what you wear reflects who you follow. What you wear dictates, or not dictates, but reflects your purpose, like why you're there. What you wear says something about you. What you wear covers some stuff up. And, and so here's, here's, so this is it. As a Christ follower, this is, yep, that's what you wear. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Y'all remember this guy, though? And then there's always the John 3.16 guy at the sports thing or whatever. And so this could be the uniform, but it's, it's not. It's not. And then, but, but hey, this guy looks incredibly happy. Like, this guy looks cool. He's just, he's happy. He's, he's, he loves people, I'm sure. I, that, that just, it, I feel the love coming off this guy. A lot of joy going on here. But also, like, see, here's the problem with Christianity. There's a bunch of camps. There's a wide spectrum. And so other Christians look not like this guy. They look like these people. Yeah. And there's all kinds of people, and, and some of them have a nasty streak to them. Some of them are mean. Some of them are harsh. Some of them are critical. Some of them are judgmental. Now, the John 3, 16 guy was just happy. These guys are not usually that happy. Usually they're yelling at you. Usually they, So anyway, but so, so Christianity does not look like this, thank God. And then the other guy, John 3, it doesn't look like that either. Have you ever wondered, because what I'm going to try and attempt to answer today is, is that if you follow Jesus, you're going somewhere. There's a destination, there's a setting, there's a tone, there's a mood, and you need to dress appropriately if you're going to follow Jesus. But I'm just going to tell you this, like, it's not what you think it is probably, because there's no uniform in Christianity. Can I get an amen and a thank you, Lord, that you don't have to dress like John 3:16 guy? Or you don't have to wear like a robe and Birkenstocks like the Apostle Paul. You don't got to do that, although that could be cool. But it's, it's not. So, so Jesus and the Apostle Paul actually address this issue. They address it, and, and basically they both say the same thing. I think the Apostle Paul just takes the teaching of Jesus and he frames it in a slightly different way. But they both kind of express to you what it's like to follow Jesus and in light of that, what you ought to wear. So if you have your Bible, go to John chapter 13 for me and listen to what Jesus says. John chapter 13 is near the end of Jesus' life and ministry. So how many know when you're on your way out the door, you have a pep talk, right? Like, all right, team, this is the, we're, we're wrapping up. This is the big talk. And so he has a few of these, and this is one of them. So John 13, verse 3, 33 says this. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. I mean, I'm, I'm almost out of here. You'll look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, well, this is what I'm telling you, where I'm going, you cannot come. So he's saying, I'm on my way out the door He'd already prepared him and warned him, I'll be betrayed, I'll be on trial, they'll kill me, I'm going to go. And so he's preparing him, so this is the big speech. Verse number 34, so a new command I give you. Now, everybody say new. This is a new command, meaning like I'm going to change it up. New means different and strange and crazy and remarkable. The way that he would have phrased it, it was like, hey, this is a big deal, you need to pay attention to this. The other reason why it's new is that it's just, it's just fresh. And he takes a spin on something, because the old command would have been what? Does anybody know? The old command was simply this. And he, he's asked this at one point when he's walking around. Somebody says, hey, what's the greatest command in all of the Old Testament? Like, what's the most important thing? And he goes, well, that's simple. You love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Remember that? And he literally quoted from the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Leviticus. So if you ever felt like the Old Testament was kind of harsh and mean and whatever, it's not. The same command that Jesus says there is pulled from the Old Testament. You love God and you love your neighbor 
just like you love yourself. And that's the old command. And it's a good one. Like you could, you could work on that your whole life. That would be a really good one. But Jesus says, this new command I give to you. And this is the new command. Are you ready? Love one another. That's it. And nobody wrote that down. I was watching. Nobody wrote that down. Now, Jesus is like, this is the big deal. This is the thing right here. Love one another. What he was saying was this. It is, is ascribe so much value to other people. Like, lift them up. Elevate people higher than yourself. Give them incredible respect and, 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 and worth and dignity and value. Elevate people. And then he, and he adds to it. So he basically makes it even harder. Because this is where the new part really comes in. He goes, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Because at first you're like, well, wait a minute. I thought that was the old command. You love God and you love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes, well, that was the old way we did it. Because you would love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the problem. Some of you don't even love yourself that much. And so some of you, you don't love your neighbor as well as you could. So let's just scrap the love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the way that I actually want you to love one another. The way I loved you, I want you to love one another. Well, that changes everything, Jesus. Because you have unconditional love. You have just gracious, overwhelming, ridiculous love for people. And you want me to love... Because I was okay to love people like I love myself. Because sometimes I'm hard on myself. Sometimes I discipline myself. Sometimes I... you know. But, but the way you love me... And, and all the disciples would have gotten this. Because Jesus could have easily said, Hey, Matthew, remember? Remember when you were that tax collector? And you were stealing from everybody? And I just said, Hey, come and follow. And I, I want to love you. And I didn't... I didn't judge you for all that stuff. I just invited you to follow first. And, and, and Nathaniel, remember Nathaniel? Remember when we first met, you insulted me? Remember how you were like, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And you basically insulted my hometown and told me I was from like a worthless, rundown town. And, and how did I treat you? I was cool to you. I was still nice to you. So that's the way I love you. Hey, remember, remember, remember that one time where I got into the weird sermon where I said, eat my flesh and drink my blood and I freaked everybody out and then everybody left and y'all all were ready to leave too and y'all were going to abandon me? Did I give you the business for that? Did I abandon you? Because I could have abandoned you, and I did it. And these guys are like, no, you, you didn't abandon us. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to love other people, not as you love yourself. That's the old way of doing it. I'm going to ratchet it up. I'm going to turn the dial up harder. I want you to love one another the way I love you. Now, that's, that's a trip. So verse 35 says this, by this... Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the dress code for following Jesus, it's not a wardrobe. It's a lifestyle. It's an action. It's an attitude. It's something you do. It's how you treat other people. So if you ever wanted to know, because I want you to think about this. He doesn't say, you know, if you're my disciple, you're going to pray three, five times a day. You're going to go to church every Sunday. People are going to know because of how religious you are. They're going to know you're with me. He, he, says, he doesn't say, hey, look, if you'll dress this, wear this, go through these rituals. If you'll, because isn't that the norm? Doesn't religion usually eventually drift towards, hey, what practices, what disciplines, what rituals do you keep? Because that's the reflection of who you worship, right? That's where all religions lean towards. And he's like, stop it. So do, does Jesus want you to go to church? Yeah, but that's not the indicator. Does he want you to pray and study your Bible? Yes, but that's not the indicator. As a matter of fact, we know people that study the Bible and use it as a weapon to hurt other people. 
We know people that go to church or go to some type of religious assembly on a regular basis, and they use that as a way to elevate themselves above other people. So that's not the point. The wardrobe is not your religious practicing. It's reflected in how you treat other people. Don't confuse your disciplines with your discipleship. Because Jesus said that if you follow me, the greatest indicator of whether or not you're with me or not is how you treat other people. And Peter has the typical response, right? His response is, verse number 36, but Lord, where are you going? Because remember when I said love one another and nobody wrote it down? Neither did they. Remember when Jesus said, no, 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 really, listen, listen, listen. Love one, like the way I love you, love one another. They're like, yeah, 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 but where are you going? Have you ever noticed that like, like Peter's a Christ follower and Jesus starts out with, hey, guys, I'm going to leave, but, but like hone in on what the big deal is. And all they can think about is, wait a minute, but you said you were leaving and we couldn't come, so where are you going? They missed the point is what I'm trying to tell you. Like they were more concerned with where they're... And some Christians are like this. They're more concerned with other aspects of Christianity. Like they want to know like eschatology. And they want to know about, well, is it pre-trib or post-trib or mid-trib? And is there a millennial? And is there a, is there a thing? Are we, well, what is going to happen here and here and here? You're trying to figure out where Jesus is going and how it's all... And you, Jesus is like, oh my gosh. Remember just 20 seconds ago when I said the main thing? It's not where I'm... The main thing is not where he's going. The main thing is how you treat other people. That's, that's good. So Peter misses the point, and, and, and that's okay. And so what I, what I want you to see now is that when you fast forward about 20 years, the Apostle Paul is dealing with a, another group of Christ followers, and they've kind of missed the point too. And so he uses something a little bit different to say the same thing, that there is a wardrobe, there is a reflection of whether or not you're following Jesus. So in the book of Colossians, Paul says this. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. There it is. There's your wardrobe right there. You need to put on some clothes. Aren't you glad your neighbor today put on something, right? So put on some clothes. Clothe yourselves with, and then he starts listing all this stuff. Watch this. Clothe yourselves with what? Everybody say compassion. Now, depending on what uh, translation of the Bible you have, it might even say like a heart of compassion, like that's the way some of it is, is written, a heart of compassion. Um, actually, it's, it's a different word. You know, we always sing and talk about the heart, right? Like when we sing love songs, we talk about, oh, you captured my heart, or I love you with all my heart, or oh, you won my heart. They didn't use the word heart. They just saw the heart as like one more organ, right? So when they would say something like equivalent to like love with all your heart, they actually used a different word. It was the word shplekna. It was the Greek word for your guts or your bowels. So when he says, I want you to clothe yourself with incredible compassion, it's literally bowels of compassion, right? So imagine that, like Mother's Day's coming up. Be like, Mom, I love you with all my bowels. All my ba- you have all my bowels. Because they just believe that this is where life flowed from, right? So I'm tell- it, it sounds weird, but trust me, if you got your flux capacitor and you went back in time and hung out with them and you said, oh, in my heart, they'd be like, you're weird. So the way you think they're weird, they would think you're weird. We use heart, they use bowels, your guts. 
we, or what they were saying is this, is that you ought to have such incredible compassion and empathy for people that you feel it in your gut. Have you ever, have you ever heard somebody share their story with you about what they were going through, about maybe their pain or suffering or plight, and then all of a sudden you felt it in your gut? You, know, so you're, you didn't get indigestion, you didn't get heartburn. You literally, in your gut, you were like, oh my gosh, and you felt empathy for that person. The Apostle Paul saying this, is that when you see other people, the way that I want you to treat them is I want you to try to connect with their pain and their plight and their burden, and I want you to see if you can feel it in your gut, because then you will have actual compassion. Here's another word he uses. He goes, so clothe yourselves with guts of compassion. But then he says, clothe yourself with kindness. This word is actually a little bit different other than just be nice. This is actually like the idea of goodness. Like in any opportunity that you can, if somebody has a need, you meet their need with your goodness. Whether that's prayer or encouragement, or maybe that's like money or resources or food or groceries, or you go help them with something that they can't do for themselves. You, you literally give to people who can't pay you back anything in return. And he goes, you ascribe goodness to their needs. That's what kindness is. Here's another one, humility. He says, clothe yourself. There's a uniform for following Jesus. And it's not what you think it is. It's the idea of compassion and, and humility. See, if you're going to follow Jesus, here's what humility is. Humility is not putting yourself down. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, oh, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm worthless. No, that's, that's actually usually false humility, and you're just trying to get attention. What real humility is, is it's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Like, I just don't even think about myself. I'm not consumed with myself. I'm not narcissistic. Life is not always about me. I literally live my life thinking about Jesus, thinking about others, and I don't think about myself very often. Therefore, I'm not very insecure or self-conscious or arrogant. Most of the time when we think about humility, we think about the opposite of being arrogant. That's only half of the coin. The other part's to be incredibly insecure and to think about yourself all the time. He goes, if you follow Christ, you're just not even, you're kind of clueless about yourself. You're just thinking about Jesus and others. Here, here's another one, gentleness. He goes, yeah, live your life with gentleness. Now, the word gentleness is, is a little bit trickier, and the only way that I can think about describing it is this. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a three-year-old and realized that you couldn't talk to them in this harsh tone, and you couldn't use complicated words, and normally you even needed to like get down on their level? That's what gentleness is. Gentleness is saying, I will not come at you with all my strength. I'll reserve my strength, but I'll come and meet you where you're at. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying treat other people like they're children. I'm saying you come down to where people are and you just meet them where they're at. You don't come at them with all of your harshness and all of your strength and all of your power. You don't do that. You reserve. As a matter of fact, the, the, the Hebrew word would have been meekness, which means reserve strength. You hold it back so that you can meet people with where they're at in life. Here's another one. He goes... Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and what? Patience. Yeah, everybody loves being patient, right? That's why we love traffic, and we love the DMV, and we love waiting on women to get to church on time. I'm kidding. I've had a lot of counseling sessions where that comes up. So, pastor, we'd be there on time, but my wife. Um, see, patience, patience. So, so remember I said like, like gentleness is meeting people with their strength level? Patience is meeting people with their speed. Like some people, 
um, take longer. And I don't mean to get ready in the morning. I mean like the work that God is doing in their life. Some people take longer. So you're going to be patient and allow God time to work. You're going to be patient and not lose your peace. Because have you ever noticed that when you're being impatient, you're normally like, well, we can get difficult. We get frustrated. We get obnoxious. We get a tone. We, get, we, we lose our bowels of compassion. We lose our gentleness. And so he's like, hey, you got to be patient. You've got to slow down, stay calm while you wait, allow God time to work. Some of us, we need to be patient in our prayers. Some of us need to be patient in our spouses. Some of us need to be patient with our friends or our children even. Figure out where, where is it that God that I need to like stay calm and full of faith and allow you time to work. Now this is what a Christ follower looks like. So, If you ever wondered what the wardrobe was, if you ever wondered, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but where are we going? Okay, I'm going to have faith that overwhelms the fear. Well, what do I wear? You wear this. And he continues, so let's keep reading. He goes, bear with each other. Do you know what that means? That means people are difficult. Like the Apostle Paul is not saying you live in utopia and everybody will be cool. No, the only reason you have to bear with people is because they're difficult. But bear with them. And forgive one another if you have, or if any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgives. And this is so important. This is such a huge component of Christianity, is that Jesus forgives you. So when he says, love as I have loved you, you could easily then come behind that and say, then forgive as I have forgiven you. And it is so crucial. Because what we're doing is we're just giving away the grace that God has given us. So anybody that withholds forgiveness, they're usually trying to punish another person. He goes, no, no, you don't want to live like that. You, if you want to allow God to give you grace and mercy, you've got to pass it along to other people. And here's the deal. God has an ulterior motive. He's got another agenda in why he wants you to forgive. Okay, And this is the, this is the deal. And I wrote it like this. Forgiveness is really a reflection of your freedom. Because if you don't forgive, your captors still have control over you. So he wants you to forgive because he wants you to pass along the grace that he gave to you. But the ulterior motive is this, is that God wants you to be free. Because as long as you harbor unforgiveness, you're actually the one still bound by the experience. You're bound by the other person. That's why you keep thinking about it. That's why you keep having imaginary conversations. That's why you keep going back and reliving those moments. That's why you still feel bitter when you see their name pop up on the phone. Why? Because you're still bound. And Jesus is like, I want you to pass along the grace that I gave you, but I, also, I just want you to be free because if you're free, then you'll be free to love one another. That, that was good. That was really good. And verse 14, this is the, he puts a bow on it right here. He goes, and over all these virtues, put on what? Love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So what did Jesus say? He goes, the greatest indicator that you follow me is how you treat other people. It's the idea of, everybody say love. And then the Apostle Paul says, I mean, it's bowels of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness, all these things. But really, let's be honest, you just wrap that up in what? Love. Like, what's the big idea? Love. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, Todd, you don't know who I'm married to. Todd, you don't know who I work with. Todd, you don't know who my boss is. I, I know, I know, it's crazy. And if you're, a type, if you're type A out there, you're sitting there thinking, Todd, how am I going to get anything done? How am I going to get anything done around here? I just got to walk around and love people. This is ridiculous. But, 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 
what you may want to consider is, is that Jesus changed the world. You haven't done that. Jesus changed the world, and that was his message. The Apostle Paul turned the Roman Empire upside down. This is the guy who was writing two-thirds of the New Testament from a prison cell, changing the world. This was his message. And he was doing that while recovering from like 39 lashes and being stoned and being shipwrecked and being all those. So like, I know if you think this is weak, I'm telling you two of the greatest world changers that ever walked the earth, this was their message. So you know what the other kickback is? Here's another kickback. But Todd, this isn't easy for me. This doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural for me either. I, this is, I, I have to like work hard at this. My wife will tell you, we went, out, we went out to dinner the other night. And I'm having to go and be around these people that I don't know. And I literally have to sit in the car. And I tell, my, wife, my wife will attest to this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in there. And I'm going to think of others. And I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to engage with people. And I'm like coaching myself. And you're like, Todd, you're a pastor. I know I'm weird. I am not. I, so if you think, oh, this is easy for you because you're a pastor, it's not. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I think the Apostle Paul and Jesus both word it very, very uniquely. I want you to think about this. Jesus said this command I give you. Everybody say command. command. Have you ever given your kids a command that they already do naturally? You ever told your kids, you go play video games right now? (laughs) You've never once had to command them to go play. You don't command people to do what they already do. What do you command people to do? Stuff they don't want to do. Jesus is not like unaware. Jesus is not like floating around on Birkenstocks. Love everyone, love everyone. He's saying this is going to be hard. You better, you better work this out. I command you. I command you. Um, when my kids um, have gotten older now, my, my kids are 8, 11, and 14, and the older they get, the more freedom I have. Can I get a what, what, parents? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and, and, and so it was magical, though, babe. Remember this? The first, some of the first times we ever were allowed to just leave the house, just the two of us. We just go to the grocery store. It was like date night. It was like, oh, my gosh, just me and you, freedom. And we didn't tell our kids that. But it was amazing to have just, because like when you, when, you, when you have little kids and then you don't have family and relatives and things like that and you're, just, you're with your kids all the time, when you can just go out, just the two of you, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air just because you don't ever get to do it. And I remember that I would have conversations with my kids and what I would do is, is right when we got to the door, I'd be like, all right, Peyton, Lenny, Caitlin, get over here, get over here, get, look me in the eye. You'd be nice to one another. You love one another. Take care of one another. Hey, you don't pick on your sister. Hey, you look out for her. You, y'all, y'all get along. No rough housing. And y'all love one another. Right? And then we'd walk out the door. And I kept doing this. And it dawned on me one day I read this Bible verse. And I'm like, this is what Jesus did with the disciples. I'm on my way out the door. I'm about to leave. Y'all listen up. Love one another. You are image bearers of the Most High God. You are children of God. You, 
I'm telling you that he's, he's on his way out the door and he's saying, I want you to love one another. You know, if your sister wrongs you, I need you to forgive your sister. If your older brother's giving you a hard time, bear with him. Like, I need you, like, hey, treat each other with, with bowels of compassion. Like, be cool, be gentle, be humble, share. You know, as we tell our kids, share, get along. What do you think God is doing? He's a loving heavenly father and he's sitting there saying, hey, I'm on my way out the door and this is the most important thing I'm going to leave you with. Love one another. So, the alternative is this right here. You could go back to this. There could be a uniform. But what did Jesus say? And I'll leave you with this. Is that the indicator that you follow Jesus is how you treat other people. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we are going on a journey with you. We're following you. And God, that leads us into that destination where we have incredible faith, where we trust you. But God, what do we wear? God, help us to wear compassion. God, help us to feel in our gut the pain of other people and to help meet their needs with your goodness. Help us, Lord, to elevate other people higher than ourselves, to give them incredible value and worth and dignity. Regardless of what they believe, regardless of maybe how they've acted, maybe regardless of whether or not we think they deserve it, God, will you help us to love one another? God, maybe there's some people out there that fit a category that makes us uncomfortable. God, would you help us to love those people? God, there are people out there and we so disagree with their political stances. But God, could we love one another? Could our love trump our political views? Could our love trump racial boundaries? Could our love trump even financial and social boundaries? God, would you help us to clothe ourselves? Meaning we have to do it ourselves. God, would you help us to wake up in the morning and put it on? Would you help us to wake up in the morning and maybe we need to have a prayer where we allow you, Holy Spirit, to coach us through. This is, I'm going to go into this day. and God, would you help me be kind? God, I'm going to go talk to my kid. I'm going to go talk to my spouse. God, would you help me to be gentle? God, would you help me to be humble? See, this is the deal. If you follow Christ, this is it. The greatest indicator of whether or not you're walking with Jesus is not reflected in the number of Bible verses you have memorized or the rituals that you keep or your Sunday morning attendance. And all that stuff is good stuff. It's just not the main thing. It's not the greatest indicator. And God forbid we ever adopt rituals and use it against other people. God forbid we ever memorize scriptures and use it to hurt other people. God, would you help us to clothe ourselves? Wrap it all up in love. Because that is what you have commanded us to do as we follow you. Lord, that is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.